Hi, and welcome back to Out of Curiosity, our podcast where we're seeking biblical clarity for modern questions. And uh, we've we've done one podcast on the question of where did we get our Old Testament, mm. and now we want to follow up. Where did we get our New Testament? The New Testament. Where do those Where do those books come from? Yeah. Um, especially in light of about 10 years ago, the Da Vinci Code. Right. Uh, and so we had a, a movie and a book come out basically uh, um, asserting that the entire New Testament was a fabrication 300 years later. Yeah. And how could anyone trust it? It right. was only done for political reasons and power. Right. And uh, it's, a, it's a great question. And it's one that if you've listened to the Old Testament one, it's a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> it's it a lot is. easier for it us. Is. Why yeah. is that? Why, what, what's the difference between, why, why do we know so much more about our New Testament books than our Old Testament? Well, the New Testament's gonna have a very simple criteria. Mm-hmm. Did this go back to an apostle? Was it written by an apostle or sanctioned by an apostle? Okay. And uh, you wanted to find that sure. word for people? Yeah, so our, our faith commitment is, as defined in the New Testament, we get a really great window into this question in Acts chapter one, mm-hmm. um, where they're defining what is an apostle because they have to replace Judas the, the one who betrayed Jesus. And they say it's an eyewitness to Jesus's ministry and to his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so that's that it was commissioned by Jesus mm-hmm. to be a witness. It was a very few, it's a very small group. Small group uh, of people. We take the, the 12 minus Judas, add Matthias, and then we add Paul and who, who he uh, self, uh, you know, self admittedly is, is an asterisk. Yeah. And he's an asterisk, but he, he met Jesus. He met Jesus. So he met Jesus personally. Yes. So um, it's, a, it's a very small group that we're gonna have to get involved with to, ha- to have uh, the authority of the New Testament. It's a little bit simpler question than the Old Testament if you listen to other podcasts. Uh, once again, we're starting in a, in a familiar spot. Christians in every worldview system is going to start with a set of assumptions. Yeah. Every single person in this world begins their assessment of truth or, and their experience of life with assumptions that they can't prove, but that you go into your life already believing. Everybody has them. They're, they're called presuppositions or assumptions. Mm-hmm. And Christians are no different. We have two great assumptions. One, we believe that God exists. Yep. We believe that he exists. We believe, we believe he's the agent of creation and nothing exists mm-hmm. apart from him. Yep. And then secondly, we believe that he has revealed himself. Yep. He has revealed himself to us, otherwise we could not know anything about him. Right. We could not know a single thing. Does he, does he like us? Is he for us? Is he against us? Is, is he involved in our world? Is he not involved in our world? Is there meaning to my suffering? Not, yep. None of those questions can be answered if God has not revealed himself yep. since we're finite and he is infinite. So those two great assumptions uh, are behind all Christian belief. God exists and he's revealed himself to us. And the way we, we assess those is do those assumptions make more or less sense of the world we see it? Yeah, absolutely. Do we see the world better because we have a sun? You know, we, we, we right. know that it sheds light. Mm-hmm. Do these assumptions mm-hmm. make more or less sense of the mm-hmm. world we're in? Yeah, absolutely. Do they lead us to, uh, to love people? Do they lead us to, to make, do they make sense of our lives rationally? Right. So the natural question then becomes, if God has revealed himself, that's one of our great faith commitments, then yeah. where? In what, yeah. Where has he revealed himself? And uh, when we look at the New Testament, uh, we have to appreciate the the historical situation that our New Testament was formed in. When we think of the first century Roman culture, the church was tiny. Mm -hmm. We're talking uh, for 50 years after Jesus's death, burial and resurrection, the church can be measured in the thousands, probably not even in the tens of thousands, a very small group of people. They're naming people by names in these letters. They're naming people by names. Yeah, Yeah. these few people in that giant megacity, there's that few Christians. And so the, as the church is growing in the Roman culture, it is, it is facing persecution. 
It is facing threat externally from government. It is facing threat externally from Jewish authorities and religious leaders. It is also facing threat internally. What do we believe about Jesus? Is he God? Is he not? What is salvation? Uh, And these kinds of questions uh, led to the church to say, we need a standard or an authority to begin to judge between these external threats and these internal threats, what's right, what's not right. And the way that the church answered that question of on whose authority do we make these decisions is, well, does this go back to an apostle? Okay, so that's where the authority rests is in these, these eyewitnesses, they're entrusted with, with sorting this out. Right, and we, we hear that now and we go, well, that seems fishy. It's, it's, it's no different now than if we, wanted to, if we had competing accounts of what happened, say, at Pearl Harbor. Right. One of the very first things we'd do is we'd go, okay, what do the people who were there at Pearl Harbor say? Right. And the, the beauty in the New Testament is all of it is within the lifetime. Right. All of the, the writing of the New Testament scriptures that we have is within the lifetime of somebody who, in the example I'm using, was at, alive at Pearl Harbor. So as we sit in 2019 right now, there are still men and women alive who were at Pearl Harbor and are still alive to talk about it. So that's an important point that I don't want to pass too quickly. You're saying all 27 books in the New Testament are written within the lifetime of eyewitnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yes, in fact, that was the early church's litmus test is, does this go back to an apostle? And so that's gonna be key in a moment when we talk about books that were excluded. Uh, One of the key key reasons is, well, that didn't go back to the apostle. We know that that came later. And so uh, as with that as our, as our litmus test, what we can see is, uh, we're gonna, go ahead. I'm gonna ask a clarifying question. When you say goes back to an apostle, Mm -hmm. do you mean the hand of an apostle writing? Like that, that, you know, Paul actually penned this letter? What do you mean goes back to an apostle? That's a great question. So what, what, we, what we are affirming is that the, in, in the original manuscript, in its original language, so the, the document that was written, we believe that that is God's revelation. And going back to an apostle would mean either an apostle himself wrote it, okay. or a, a, an apostle himself dictated it to somebody else who wrote it, mm-hmm. or the writing of that particular gospel or letter is done through the, the lens or the sanctioning of an apostle. So a great example is the book of Mark. Okay. So the gospel of Mark, Mark is not listed as one of our apostles. Right. Uh, there's questions who Mark is. Most people think he, he is likely he's John Mark from okay. the book of Acts. Mark is writing his gospel through the lens of the apostle Peter. Right. And we know that because all the early church, the guys that were there, all yeah. the guys that were disciples of our apostles say, Peter was speaking to Mark on what to write. Yes. The fascinating thing about Mark is, Peter is one of the central figures in Mark's gospel, and in Mark, he looks the worst. Peter looks the worst. Yeah, Peter is making mistakes like crazy, and the reason that's significant is if you were writing something and you were fabricating it to honor, let's say, this guy Peter, then what you'd probably do is take out all the things that make him look stupid. However, if you're writing it through the lens of Peter, and Peter's sitting here telling you the story, then it gives credibility that Peter's sitting there saying, yeah, I really did that. I yeah. really said that. And isn't Jesus awesome for yes. still loving me? Uh, and so it actually gives credibility. So that's what we mean by goes back to right. an apostle written by okay. or dictated by or sanctioned, sanctioned by. by. Yeah, an apostle. Okay, and so... And that was the view that we, we see the early church discussing these issues. Absolutely. And they're very clear. If it doesn't go back to one of these apostles, it's not... Okay. It's, it's out. Yep. We don't, we're not counting it. Yep. And so what we can affirm, we're going to get a little nerdy here and if, and it may be a little bit in the weeds. And if you, uh, if this isn't your thing, kind of getting into the history of this a little bit, then 
I, I still hope you listen. I hope that it can give some, uh, just some depth of knowledge for you and maybe some, some appreciation for how we got the scripture. Or just sympathy for nerds. Yeah, sympathy. yeah please, we that need it, we need it. Uh, what, what we can affirm is that it, it looks like from a, about, a, about a 40 year window, yeah. late 40s AD is when conservative scholars believe that James and Galatians begin to be, uh, are, are written. Yeah. And most people close our New Testament about 90 AD. We would say that the Apostle John wrote uh, his Gospel, John, and then Revelation 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And that's going to be 80s, 90s. So in about a 40 to 50 year period, all of our New Testament is written. And we've got uh, our four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 13 letters of Paul. Those would be Romans all the way down through Philemon. And then we've got eight general letters, we call them. Okay. This is going to be Hebrews and First uh, John, First and Second Peter, those kinds of books. And then we have one book of prophecy, uh, the book Revelation. Um, and so the question always, what's the authority that we have for judging between is Jesus God and how do we know about salvation is, well, did an apostle write it? Okay. And the early church, we can see this affirmation everywhere, was affirming these particular books, the ones that are included in our canon now. And then we see the history of that being, uh, as we watch that unfold over the next 300 years, Mm -hmm. they're grappling with this. Okay. That book, this book, this book, this book. But consistently, these 27 are in there. Uh, A couple are debated. How how intense is this debate? How broad is it? What kinds, are there certain books that are shoe-ins? Are there certain books that are more contested than others? Obviously, one that all of us would probably debate is Revelation. Right. Mostly because people don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. How do we interpret it? And okay. so uh, it, it w- it's consistently mentioned as being written by John. It's consistently mentioned as going back to an apostle. The question was, what do we do with it? Yeah. Uh, other ones that, that were debated would be uh, a lot of your seconds and thirds. So second okay. Peter, second and third John. Yep. And then maybe the, the biggest one would be, and, and most people that have spent any time in the Bible would, would, would think of this one, Hebrews. Okay. It doesn't tell us who wrote it. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't name an tell author. us who wrote it. It doesn't name an author. And so with the book of Hebrews, you could see why that would be a challenge. Does this go back to an apostle? Where's the apostle? Okay. Right. Letters of Paul? Le- letters of Paul are widely, are widely received as we look through this Not a big several debate. hundred year uh, process. It wasn't until way later, as in the last 250 years, that the letters of Paul have now been, have come into significant question. So in the early church, that's just not really a debate on what, four gospels. Not, four gospels, not not in a debate. They're going back to way, you can see the process of watching these four gospels. They're always being talked about. They're always, those are going back to those apostles. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts, mm-hmm. letters of Paul, they get a thumbs up really quick. First Peter, first John. The, uh, not a lot of debate. Um, James. Not a lot of debate. Okay. So we're talking the ones that are in question, or at least the people have some wrestling with are Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Second Peter. Second Peter. Second, third John. Yep. Jude. Jude. Revelation. Yes. So six of our 27, there's some questions on. 21 of them are, are pretty much not debated. What about books that didn't make the cut that were debated? Okay. Books that didn't make the cut would be the ones that are, the famous ones are God, the Gospel of Thomas. Yep. Uh, uh, more recently, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene okay. uh, has received some, uh, some nice publicity. Uh, all the ancient witness. Here's what, here's what is said frequently about the New Testament. Well, everyone back then wrote in other people's names. It was wide practice, and this is the argument made from the other side. It was wide practice, and therefore we can't, we can't trust that these early books were written. They were written much later, but they used the name okay. of Paul or the name of John. Mm-hmm. 
the issue is that's just grossly overstated. Okay. Uh, the, you can see the writings in the early church fathers saying that person wrote in his name. It's out. Okay. So, out. So people did write in other names, but it would not have been accepted. It was always called to the carpet, and it was always said that was not written by Thomas. We know it. It's out. So for for a letter of Paul to have been written in Paul's name and not actually been from Paul would have been an exceptionally awesome deception. It, it would I mean, be, just, and it would be the same thing now. We, yes. I, I, we, we act as if, like now we would call that, we call it plagiarism, we would call it unethical, right. and we act as if in the first century they were so gullible and stupid, right. uh, we, yet buildings they built are still standing and we build strip malls. So, and so they, yeah. they, they weren't idiots in the first century. So when it happened, everyone saw the fiction in it. It would yes. be as if I wrote a modern day journal of Abraham Lincoln. Yes. And everyone knows I'm not claiming to be it's Abraham exactly Lincoln. Yeah. I'm writing a fictional account. Exactly. So people did that. They said they would write, write a modern day. This is Daniel's thoughts on this. And everybody knew this. They're not claiming Daniel did this. Mm-hmm. They're, they're entering into a character. Absolutely. And it's, and it's okay. nerds who get into this stuff. Sure. I am one of these. You are one of these. You can see these, these all through the centuries yeah. of these early church fathers saying, we know that guy isn't Thomas. Right. Uh, and this was written by John. I met John. Yes. I was with these guys. John wrote this. And so you can see this develop. It is, it, is, it is consistent in the writings of the early fathers. And then in the 300s, there's a man named Athanasius, and he writes a particular letter to churches in the Roman culture. Mm-hmm. And he says, these 27 books, we believe to be inspired. Yep. This is, it's been settled. Right. And... It, essentially, that ended the debate. Right. Uh, any of the debate that was left over, it was kind of silenced at that point. Right. And so we want to be fair that there was question yeah. in these 300 years. What do we do with Revelation? We have that same question now, yeah. but it never was in question. Did that go back to John? It was, what do we make of it? Yeah. Uh, and so that is, that's the way to understand sort of our New Testament canon. Now that leaves out a question of our modern Bible mm-hmm. versus the Catholic modern okay. Bible, these apocryphal books. Yep. And uh, we, will, we will answer that at another time. We call them the intertestamental books. They're books written between 400 BC and these New Testament books that we have. And we'll get to that at a later time. Um, but what essentially we can say is we have two great assumptions. God has, he does exist. And number two, he revealed, he has revealed himself. And the way that he's revealed himself in the New Testament is through the hand of the apostle. When the last apostle died, our canon was closed. Yes. And what I hear you saying just in summary is we haven't come up with new questions to ask about the canon. They were the questions they were wrestling with. They were all wrestling with these questions. And they came to, and the people who are really close to the historical situation came to really good answers. What we can affirm is when Muhammad says, God revealed to me blank, the Quran, Mm -hmm. we reject that. Muhammad is not an apostle of God. When Joseph Smith finds golden tablets and says, God has revealed to me, we can reject that. He, he does not go back to an apostle. Because the culmination of God's revelation is the person of Jesus. Yes. And so that's, that's it. In the past, God spoke. Hebrews 1 says, uh, in the past, God spoke in many different ways through prophets. Mm-hmm. Now he's spoken, spoken through his son. son. And so it's the eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus mm-hmm. who define our New Testament revelation. And John chapter 1 would say, if you want to see God, John 1, 18, the Son reveals Him. The Son exegetes Him. The Son manifests who God is. So, All we need to see God the Father is to look at the Son. And so our attestation is pointing to Jesus. And so until the Son returns to earth, we're not looking for a new revelation. We're not. We've got it. Our, our New Testament is closed. Okay. That's really helpful. Hopefully bring some confidence and some clarity to that question. Thanks, Carl, and thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to Out of Curiosity as we discussed how we got the New Testament. We encourage you to look into this for yourself even more and recommend looking in Scripture at 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 and 1 Peter 1, 20-21. We also recommend the books The Text of the New Testament by Bruce Metzger and Introduction to the New Testament by D.A. Carson and Douglas Moo. If you want to send in a question or contact us, go to oocuriosity.com and follow us on Instagram at oocuriosity. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with future episodes.